The New York Mets have yet to make a signing this offseason. On today's show, I'll break down when I believe the Mets will first attack the free agent market. You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans who are listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. On the show today, I am looking at the free agent market from last year, comparing it to this year, and trying to figure out when stuff's going to start to happen. That's what we're discussing in the first segment. In the second segment, we're going to look at Yoshinobu Yamamoto's free agency based on a report by Andy Martino and how that is setting the stage for how the Mets have to plot things out with the way they attack free agency. And then in the final segment, based on that, I want to talk about how the Mets can't let Yamamoto distract them from their overall offseason goals because they have to add a lot more than just one pitcher. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Ficklestein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on X. Ficklestein Ryan. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor, where I just wrote a piece about MLB free agency, comparing it to last year, where we're at now, what that tells us about where the market could move in the coming weeks. I'll be breaking that down a bit on today's show. Before we get into that, though, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Now, in this article, which is titled, When Will MLB Free Agency Start to Heat Up This Year?, which you can find linked in the episode description, I took the time to look back at our free agent tracker from last offseason. Basically, at Just Baseball, with myself and some of the other writers on the staff, we update a free agent tracker throughout the offseason with every single major signing that takes place. And so reading back to last year's tracker, I was able to revisit and get a sense of the pace of the offseason and how it aligns with what we've seen so far. And I'll tell you what, it's pretty similar. And the reason why I did this entire exercise and why we're talking about on the show today is because I think this is the point of year where fans get the most anxious about what's happening in free agency. It's that time after Thanksgiving, before the winter meetings, Free agency has been open for a little bit of time. Now there has been a couple of signings that remind us that, hey, transactions can't happen right now. There's nothing precluding the Mets from going out right now if they wanted to and putting a big bag in front of Blake Snell and getting a starting pitcher to headline their rotation next year. That theoretically could happen, but that's not how the market moves. And that's why I wrote this article to sort of show that this isn't something unique to this offseason. This is how the baseball calendar works. So let's go back and revisit it, particularly through the lens of the New York Mets. So November, let me get the exact date that I have here in my notes. November 9th, Edwin Diaz comes back to the New York Mets. That was a significant signing, a huge part of the Mets overall offseason goals. That was accomplished and it was accomplished early. He didn't even get to the open market. He had that window after the World Series. He came back to the Mets. So they had one huge thing checked off that early. 
There was no opportunity for the Mets to do that this offseason. It's not like they were rushing to get Adam Adovino back after they um, you know, ended up having that situation where they met with him and he declined his player option. Like It's not like they were going to jump on that. There was no free agent like it. And if you look at how the rest of that you know, early period of the offseason played out for other teams, that really is the time where people are returning to their old teams. And we've seen some of that. Not a ton. Aaron Nola is the big, you know, um, example of it this offseason. But you have like Lance Lynn going back to the Cardinals. It's minor moves. But going back to last offseason, you had Edwin Diaz, Rafael Montero, Tyler Matzik, and Robert Suarez, all top relief pitchers that returned with their respective clubs. You had Nick Martinez, the swingman for the Padres, who's back on the market now. He returned there. Clayton Kershaw, he came to agreement with the Dodgers. No surprise there. Martin Perez, Jock Peterson, they accepted their qualifying offers. Tyler Anderson declined it and quickly signed with the Angels on a three-year deal instead. Isn't that crazy? They gave up draft pick compensation to the Dodgers for Tyler Anderson. Angels have not been run well lately. Um, and, and then you look at when things actually started to you know really unfold. There was also, I should mention, Anthony Rizzo and uh, Isaiah Kiner-Fanefa Falefa, 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 geez, IKF. That's why people say it that way. Isaiah Kiner, Falefa, they both went back to the Yankees. And then over Thanksgiving weekend, you had Carlos Santana and Mike Clevenger signing one-year deals with new teams. We just saw Kenta Maeda sign a, was it a one-year? I think it was was a one-year over the weekend as well this year. So again, these minor transactions, guys returning, nothing big really happens. Then the first big domino of free agency fell. When Jose Abreu signed with the Houston Astros right after Thanksgiving weekend, the Monday after Thanksgiving, you're listening to this on the Monday after Thanksgiving, a big signing could take place. Zach Eflin was another pretty significant one that took place on Thursday uh, after Thanksgiving, the week after. And then Jacob deGrom that Friday signs with the Texas Rangers, which brings us right back to the Mets. That was the next huge thing that happens to the Mets. deGrom choosing to go to the Rangers. Well, then winter meetings began. So this week, we could see something happen, and probably more significant signings happen this week than we've seen up to this point outside of the Aaron Nola deal, of course. But this is not where free agency is supposed to ramp up. That's the winter meetings, and it's always been the winter meetings, which last year they began on Sunday, December 4th. Um, Monday, December 5th, Justin Verlander signs with the Mets to replace Jacob DeGrom. Trey Turner later that night, signs with the Phillies on a $300 million deal. And then throughout the winter meetings, we saw Cody Bellinger, Josh Bell, Andrew Heaney, Mitch Hanniger, Taiwan Walker, Jamison Tyone, Jose Quintana to the Mets, Kenley Jansen, Wilson Contreras, and Masataka Yoshida as some of the notable names that were signed. And then the big, big names that also went after Verlander and Turner was Aaron Judge and Xander Bogarts. Judge back to the Yankees, Bogarts to the Padres after they struck out on Trey Turner. Shortly after the winter meetings, the New York Mets signed Brandon Nimmo on a nine-figure deal of his own, just a couple days after. Then, a little bit beyond that, they signed Kodai Senga. So the Mets did a lot of work in that first week after the winter meetings. By that point, they had re-signed Diaz and Nimmo. They had signed Quintana, Verlander, and Senga to completely remake their rotation. They had traded for Brooks Raley. They had made another trade to get Jeff Brigham in and send Jake Mangum out. They had made a lot of moves. So not to say that it's going to mirror last offseason, but the next two to three weeks is where all of the action is going to happen. That's where we're going to have a lot of shows. 
Um, I'm going to try to go live at the, some of these signings as well. So just something to keep in mind if you're watching on YouTube or if you aren't yet, go on to YouTube, hit that subscribe button, and then you'll be notified when I do go live after a big signing. But th- that's sort of the pace that we're going to be expecting to see. This week, stuff could happen, but the winter meetings is where the Mets really stood should start to make some moves, and we'll get to that a little bit more in the next segment. But getting back to last offseason a little bit more, Carlos Correa, he signs his first of three nine-figure agreements on December 14th with the Giants. Uh, then Carlos Rodon signs with the Yankees. And then a week before Christmas, Dansby Swanson signs with the Cubs. Then you have Correa come back around to the Mets. And no need to revisit that whole saga, but we learned uh, last offseason that when these things are reported as the team is in agreement with the player, they will sign with the Mets. You can get really excited and nine times out of 10 or maybe 99 times out of 100, that deal is going to go through. There's always that chance there's a Correa out there where things will get broken down over the medicals. And until Penn is put on paper, no deal is 100% guaranteed. December 27th, Nathan Avaldi signed with the Texas Rangers, a massive signing in retrospect. By that point, if you look at just baseball.com, right? Almost all of our top 50 free agents have found homes, a lot of them. If you go back to December 19th, when Swanson signed, only 10 of our top 50 were left, Avaldi being one of them. And all of our top 20 free agents that we had ranked before uh, the free agent period began had signed. So a month from now, like all the top free agents should be off the board. So again, you know, buckle up. It's about to get good. It's just you got to really wait for the winter meetings. And this is the first week where, again, we can see some movement. To close the book on Correa again, he ends up signing with the Minnesota Twins January 11th. And that really wrapped up the book on big-time free agents. So this is it. This is the time where stuff is happening or stuff will happen soon. We just got to be patient. And as it relates to the New York Mets, we learned some stuff about Yoshinobu Yamamoto's free agency over the weekend that is important to understand as it relates to how they will attack their offseason. This is their top free agent target. That's why I spent so much time talking about it. And so the question is, how is that going to impact when they make their first signing? That's what I'm going to discuss next. Before we do, though, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Score this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. So today, if you put $5, or today being Sunday, if you put $5 on the New York Giants on the money line, you would have been sweating it out to the last second, but you would have cashed in not only on a nice little bet, $150 in bonus bets when your team wins. You think about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get on the action because you got the NFL season, you got college football, and you got the NBA season with their in-season tournament, which is going to be playing out uh, even more throughout this month. So this is the timer by this month, I should mean December. Regardless, this is the time to get in on the action with betting options, including the spread, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. And remember, place that $5 bet on the money line if you win it. in bonus bets to kick off uh, your NFL or NBA season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL.
Now, over the weekend, Andy Martino sent out a very interesting report on SNY in an article about Yoshinobu Yamamoto discussing his free agency and how his representation is planning to handle it. And for those of you who are locked on Mets Insiders, you already know a lot of this information. This is our texting service where I can give you updates about everything going on in the hot stove this offseason. And I sent the insiders a link to the article with some cliff notes and my take on the news that was Yesterday on Saturday, if you want to be a Locked On Mets insider to be in the loop on text messages like that, you can find a link in the episode description or go to subtext.com slash Locked On Mets. Now, this is really interesting to detail what Martino is reporting. Yamamoto, for those of you who haven't been listening to this show, and I've done a ton of Yamamoto episodes, breaking down everything from his free agency. He was posted on Monday, or last Monday, I guess from when this article is written on Saturday. What does that make? That makes it Monday. I think it was Monday the 20th. So he was posted. Now anyone can sign him theoretically. But according to Martino's league sources, he says that Yamamoto will narrow down the teams after an initial remote round of meetings, which are going to be taking place, you know, phone calls, Zooms, however they're going to conduct those. But then return to the United States to meet with the finalist in person after the winter meetings, which, again, they take place starting December 4th through the 7th. He has until January 4th to sign. This is 45 days after he's posted, and they're not expecting it to last that long, according to Martino. He says, at the end of the article, the Mets are extremely interested in the player and will strongly pursue him. He also notes in the article that he is intrigued by the idea of pitching for the Yankees almost alluding to the fact that the Yankees are a front runner. But if the meetings haven't even happened yet, I wouldn't be too concerned about that. Here's how the timeline really impacts the Mets. Again, the winter meetings, they're going to end Thursday, December 7th. So let's just say Yamamoto is on a plane on the 7th and he's back and taking meetings on the 8th, which we don't know. He might start the meetings the following Monday, December 11th. We really don't know exactly when he's coming back, right? But in the most expedited scenario where he starts the meetings on the 8th, he takes them all from that Friday, that that weekend. He meets with all the finalists. Maybe there's only three finalists. He meets with each team. He comes to a decision on the 11th, which, again, I doubt it. I think it's probably going to take longer. The earliest possible timeline that all this concludes is two weeks from now. The earliest. More likely, you're looking at at least three weeks. So you look at the starting pitching market. It's the only one that's moving right now. Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson, go to the Cardinals. Kenta Maeda, he signs with the Tigers, which is kind of a shocker. I mean, I guess he got $12 million, so not bad. Was it a two-year deal? Let me revisit that one. A two-year deal or one-year deal? Two-year deal. That's why he signed. <laughs> if it was one-year, $12 million, he might have held out a little longer. That was probably the one team that was going to give him that that second year. But regardless, the back-end arms are starting to move. Aaron Nola moved. Starting pitchers are going to keep going this week. I don't know how many. I don't know if it's the top of the market. I don't know if the Eduardo Rodriguez, Marcus Stroman's of the world sign, Lucas Giolito, Sonny Gray. I don't know yet. But by the time you get through the winter meetings, if you're just looking at guys that could really impact your rotation, let's just say the list in free agency. When you're looking at – a number three starter or better. 
If it's Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, Sonny Gray, Eduardo Rodriguez, Marcus Stroman, and you don't think Marcus Stroman is going to come to the Mets, and I sort of doubt that Sonny Gray is coming back to New York, so that limits that list even more. You got Shoto Amanga, which we, we might, I think this week I'm going to do an episode on the other international free agents outside of Yamamoto that are interesting, and Amanga is certainly one of them. Regardless, you know, if those guys start to move, not to mention Michael Waka, Seth Lugo, Nick Martinez, the Padres arms, another future show this week. <laughs> but if all those guys move and you're just waiting on Yamamoto and then you're left holding the bag, you're not competing next season. You're just not. The Mets need to add two starting pitchers. They have to. Ideally, maybe it's three, but I do trust that Quintana and Senga give you two solid arms and I believe in the Mets' depth enough that they can cover five through eight or nine, so to speak. If you want nine starters heading into spring training that you feel comfortable with, between McGill, Lucchese, Budo, David Peterson in the second half, Mike Vassell, Christian Scott, uh, those guys that are still in the minor leagues, I, I think the Mets have enough depth that they can sort of handle that fifth spot and beyond. But you better find yourselves a better number three to push Quintana to a four and a frontline arm if you have any intention of contending this year. And I really believe the Mets do intend to contend. Intend to contend. That's a weird sentence. Still, the sentiment holds true. I, I, I believe the Mets are going to be aggressive in the starting pitching market this offseason. So this is not me saying don't pursue Yoshinobu Yamamoto. I think he should absolutely be your top target. And you should do everything you can to make sure you sign the guy. But you can't wait to sign the second guy for the first one. You got to get that other guy now or during the winter meetings. Because if you don't and all those other guys sign, you're going to be in a bad place. And you know what? If you do sign one of those you know, more back-end type arms, that's fine. That's okay. Because even if you get Yamamoto and you're not really comfortable with, with just that and you want to go to the trade market, like that's still available to you. You can never have too much starting pitching. But you can't let the entire starting pitching market evaporate in front of you waiting for Yamamoto just to see him sign, for the, sign with the Yankees. And then you're left desperately trading for Tyler Glass now, Shane Bieber, or Corbin Burns, where those teams will have you over a barrel in negotiations. And that's what I want to talk about next year. What is the first sign the Mets make? Who should it be, theoretically? When will it happen? I'm going to get to all those questions in just a minute. First, though, another word from our sponsors. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for your 24-7 coverage of the top stories in sports that day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever 24-7 national sports streaming channel. All right, so who is the first sign of the New York Mets will make this offseason? It's really tough to tell. The only free agent that they've actually showed interest in publicly that's been reported about outside of Yamamoto is like Luis Severino. Uh, there was there was one report at some point 
maybe his last week, the week before, the Mets were interested in Severino, which if you watched him pitch last year, it's not something to get excited about. And yet, if the Mets make a signing this week, I would not be surprised if it was Severino. Or here's another one, not that I think the Mets should do this, just saying the type of signing, Noah Syndergaard or Frankie Montes. I could see the Mets getting one of these bounce back guys, whether it's still, if they're going to get a guaranteed major league contract, fine. That might be what entices them to sign right now. But I think it's one of those bounce back guys that is not going to excite you, but is just an insurance blanket. It's pick up an arm that you throw into the mix of the Tyler McGill's and all these other pitchers. And guess what? If Noah Syndergaard or Severino or Frankie Montes, whoever it is, for one of those bounce back arms is for one healthy. That's a big part with some of these guys. But if they can't beat out that collection of arms for the fifth starter spot, oh well, right? They either are hurt and on, on the IL, they're in your bullpen, or who knows? Like you end up cutting them at some point. But if they make a sign this week, I almost feel like that's where it would be. Or, you know, maybe they're the team that gives an extra year to one of the middle tier arms, the way that Kenta Maeda just signed. So Seth Lugo wants three years. And a lot of teams are interested in Seth Lugo, but probably not for three years. Are the Mets the team that gives Seth Lugo a three-year deal this week and brings Lugo back to the Mets to be a starting pitcher? Can you get creative with the contract structure on that one? Where are you still open the door that he'd, he'd end up in the bullpen again? Or even trying to open up that can of worms just t- shuts the door on Lugo entirely. I don't know. That's a conversation for another day that we will have this week on the Padres starting pitching show. Because there's a lot of former Padres arms on the market that I want to discuss this week. But again, if you're thinking about what can happen this week, I don't think Blake Snell signs with the Mets or Jordan Montgomery. And honestly, when it comes to those guys, because if you're thinking about adding a top-tier arm in free agency, in my personal opinion, and I think it's kind of a widely held belief at this point, the top-tier arms, guys that you can slot into the number one or two spot into your rotation. And it's crazy that Jordan Montgomery belongs in this class, but hey, he was just the ace of a team that won the World Series. Call him the ace, call Nathan Evaldi the ace. He was great in the playoffs, and he's dependable. And that's going to get him paid a lot of money. Those guys, to me, it's Sonny Gray, it's Blake Snell, it's Jordan Montgomery. Outside of Yoshinobu Yamamoto, and Aaron Nola is already off the board. So, Sonny Gray, I already mentioned, I just can't see him coming to the Mets. Feels more like a brave. Snell, Montgomery. If those guys are going to sign during the winter meetings, and they're going to jump the market in front of Yamamoto, which is, I think, the strategy that Yamamoto's representation is going for here. Let those guys clear out and have some of these teams just waiting, and then, boom, have some desperate teams who need that frontline starter that are bidding for your client. It's genius in a lot of respects because they sort of have the entire market you know, at their disposal right now. I'm fine if the Mets miss Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery. As much as I I did a podcast on Jordan Montgomery, he sort of priced himself out of where I feel like it's a guy you really have to go for. Because if he's going to get, you know, near ace money, which I don't think he'll quite get there, but 
Now, if he's making 20 million plus, which I think he will, if he's going to get at least five years, which I think he will, I'm okay if they miss out on that opportunity because there's a much better free agent class coming next year. And there is still arms that you can trade for. Like that's the thing you got to remember here. You still have Dylan Cease, Shane Bieber, Tyler Glass now, Corbin Burns that are on the market that if you strike out on Yamamoto, you can still potentially get that frontline guy. It's just going to cost a lot of prospects instead of a lot of cash. But that's still an avenue the Mets can certainly pursue and they have the capital to get a deal done. To me, the biggest thing the Mets have to do while they're waiting on Yamamoto is they got to make sure that the bullpen market doesn't get away from them and they got to add an arm that they can just say, this is a guy that we feel confident is going to make you know, 25 to 30 starts for us next year and hopefully pitch to a sub-4 ERA. That's what they got to find. Now, whether that's one of the Padres guys with Waka, Lugo, Martinez, whether that's Shoto Amanga, whether that's Eduardo Rodriguez, Lucas Giolito, uh, you know, there's options that are still out there. They got to get one of those guys. And if in the meantime, they also get a flyer, bounce back candidate, and their offseason isn't very sexy, but you're looking at when Yamamoto comes back to the States to meet with the Mets, the Yankees, the Red Sox, and the Cubs, and they have locked up Lugo. And uh, let's just make it a former Mets reunion show just because it's fun and the names don't really matter. We're just kind of talking about archetypes they're going after here. Let's say they've signed Lugo and Syndergaard. Not going to happen, but I'm just, again, making it fun for for you uh, diehards that are are listening today. If they do that and they – we'll keep the reunions coming. They sign David Robertson and bring him on back and they get Jordan Hicks or they get Joe Kelly, whatever. They've addressed their bullpen. They've addressed their rotation some, and they're just waiting on Yamamoto. And either they get them or they go to the trade market. Like they'll be in good shape. They just cannot let the market, you know, get away from them holding all of their chips aside for one guy. They got to be proactive. And I think the beauty of their roster construction right now is they don't necessarily have to do much on the position player front. We've discussed this. Yeah, they can sign a Justin Turner. They can sign an Adam Duvall. They can go out and they can get a veteran bat to complement their roster. But to contend next year, they don't have to be aggressive for position players in a market that just doesn't have a lot of them anyway. So that's that's fine. But you have the money to spend from Steve Cohen still to make sure that you're proactive on your bullpen at the middle of your rotation, and then figure out that arm to pair with Senga, whether it's Yamamoto or on the trade market later. Because fortunately, based on how they're structuring things for Yamamoto to get paid an absurd amount of money. If you didn't listen to Friday's show, I got into this a bit about the absurd amount of money he's going to sign. Because who knows? I mean, this dude might clear $250 million now. With how everything's playing out for him, which is perfect for a 25-year-old free agent who can be an ace. I mean, he's got his pick of a third of the teams in baseball, probably even half. The Mets have to make sure they're not, uh, you know, sleeping at the wheel here, waiting on one guy. And I'm pretty confident that David Stearns with his new front office, I don't know if they're going to do something this week. 
but I'm confident that we're going to get some signings across winter meetings that will, if not thrill Mets fans, at least give you something to chew on until we know what happens with Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Anyway, that's going to be all for today's show. I've sort of alluded to a couple of shows for this week. I think tomorrow we'll do the Padres episode, breaking down particularly Waka, Lugo, Martinez. I'll touch on Blake Snell too, even though I don't think that that one is particularly likely, but I'll still get into it. Um, and then, like I said, throughout the week, we'll have other stuff to cover. Hopefully some signings. And, uh, you know, I might look at the international market some. So make sure you follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. You don't miss anything. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. We want to make a push to 10,000 subs. So appreciate all of you. Hit that subscribe. If you want to make sure you don't miss any of the news on the Mets, become a Locked On Mets insider where you can find a link in the episode description and get the text message updates on the Mets. You check that out. And now that you are done, check out the Locked On Sports Today show 24 7 streaming news on everything on in sports that you can find on youtube so hope all of you check that out as well and until then we'll be back with another episode of locked on mets tomorrow